suggestion yeah. if there's time after this presentation can those who came down to speak publicly about things does that violate if we start can they speak publicly because i know angela and mamie have to leave to go to an event but i don't know if that speeds it up because we can't start the meeting until seven but anyway sorry just trying to get you guys out of here faster i'll read my speech quickly all right, Lenny, it's all yours. Okay. Um, I'm going to do a brief <clears throat> conversation about Norfolk Complete Streets, and Paul Forehand is going to follow on Bike Month update. Uh, Complete Streets, as you know, um, you adopted on January 26, 2016, you adopted a Complete Streets policy that essentially has changed uh, the way we do a lot of our review of projects ourselves and projects that come to us privately. The um, adapted policy is up on the board. It essentially integrates into everything that we look at. How do we view our streets and what do we do with them as we go to, that's yeah, going backwards. Let's go forward. What is a complete street? What are we looking at? We're looking at active sidewalks, dedicated bike lanes, active roadways, safe crosswalks planting strips and green areas. How do we integrate all of that into our existing road pattern? As you know, we're not a city that builds new roads. We are constantly rebuilding the environment along our roads. Gives us a chance to look at them in site plan. Um, benefits. Gives a more integrated transportation network that offers a wider variety of mode choices. It helps us improve the safety of our intersections. Uh, it causes us to think much better and more integrated. Um, we have provided you with an update of what has been accomplished in 2017. Essentially, the countdown uh, pedestrian signals, 44 of those have been installed last year. Bike racks, 196 were placed. Sidewalks improved to 750 linear feet. ADA ramps, 600 installed in bike lanes and sharrows, 4.41 miles. That was Lafayette Boulevard and Robin Hood Road from Chesapeake to Military Highway. What are we using for a guideline? We're using this document among some of the companion documents that come out with it. We make it work for us. It takes a lot of adaptation. Um, national standards are nice, but they don't fit every city in our city, every street in our city, so we, we have to make them fit. This is a guideline from the National Association of City Transportation Officials. That includes 62 North American cities and 10 transit agencies. Uh, it's very helpful. It's what other people have experienced, how they've made things work. Uh, what do we do when we do a complete streets review? We're looking at all phases of design, planning, construction, maintenance, operation of all transportation projects, but as well as anything that we do ourselves. If we're putting in a water line, we're putting in a sewer line, we're looking at a major project in site plan or we're bringing you something through uh, either a conditional use permit or a rezoning, we're looking at complete streets. We're looking at what can we do to make it better. The uh, last slide for me is that we're currently preparing a design manual for outdoor <coughs> dining. As we began to look at this book and other standards, we found that you know, they're, they're nice, but they anticipate a much larger street than we have. So how do we actually make it work on our streets? And our design consultants are working on that now. Um, with that, I'm going to very gleefully and 
happily turn this over to Paul Forehand and let him pick up on the rest of it. May I make a couple of quick comments as Paul stepping forward? Um, you all had, had begun this the idea of, of Complete Streets long before I got here. Um, but um, I would tell you that it is, um, it's shaping our community and it's changing the feel of this city and um, it's getting embedded in the culture of this organization. And I think it's something that we can be really proud of. And I think we're on the front end of this as a concept. Um, Paul Forehand, it's not often that you we get a speaker up that um, happens to coincide with uh, uh, nearing his retirement. And so Paul Forehand is going to retire July 1st. <clears throat> I had the pleasure of working with Paul probably uh, 15, 18 years ago for a number of years in, in Portsmouth. Uh, he moved over here 10, 10 or so years ago. Um, I didn't bring my, didn't know we were going to do this. I didn't bring my notes. But he's really had um, a, a large influence on a lot of the, from the Elizabeth River Trail to the Pace Bike Program to the Hampton Roads Loop and um, has had a, an impact not only on Norfolk but, but the region. And we're delighted that you get to stand before council before July 1st, Paul. Thank you for the opportunity. <clears throat> All right, we're going to start off. Um, these are some of the, it's for the in-process complete streets projects that we have uh, currently on the books. East Ocean View Avenue repaving, uh, road diet with bike lanes. That'll be two six-foot lanes on either side of the road with a two-foot buffer uh, with a center turn lane. The next one is Granby Street Bike Lanes, Bayview Boulevard to Ocean View. Uh, that's a TAP grant from VDOT uh, and under, can be under design in 2018. So these are projects that are uh, imminent. Uh, Granby Street Bike Lanes, Lafayette <coughs> River to Ward's Corner. That'll be a um, smart scale grant from VDOT. Uh, and that'll cover from Willowwood all the way to uh, Tossig. Lafayette Park, multi-use path, <clears throat> and Columbus Street bike sharrows. What that'll allow us to do is where the bike lane currently ends on uh, Church Street, right by the entrance to the zoo and Lafayette <coughs> Park, it'll allow uh, bikers and pedestrians to kind of do a bypass around the busiest part of Riverview, uh, but still give them access to the Riverview Business District through the neighborhood. So it's, it's a safer alternative there. Got uh, future complete uh, street pedestrian projects, specifically pedestrians, Granby Street, uh, Bayview Intersection, pedestrian safety, Virginia Beach Boulevard at Cal Calvary Towers, pedestrian median, Little Creek at uh, Admiral Tossick Boulevard intersection safety. Uh, the graphic that you see on the slide here is the Virginia Beach Boulevard at Calvary Tower pedestrian median. Um, down to West Ocean View and Tidewater intersection and then the PED signal upgrades throughout the city. Now my favorite part, uh, the bike share update. Um, we launched april 6th and probably by midnight tonight we'll have our 10,000th trip just since uh, april great. the 6th so it's, it has been well received and heavily used and um the, the two comments we get most are um we need more bikes and the other one is those damn bikes are everywhere <laughs> so, uh, that's a good thing terry uh, dr wibbly would like to make a comment i'm quite sure <laughs> <laughs> um, Paul, right, we are thrilled about the bike share. I mean, they're uh, really terrific and we're excited about the enthusiasm. 
at the Ghent Task Force meeting last week, we talked a little bit about what many of you have seen maybe on the news about some of this bike litter from these um, uh, non-dockable bikes, uh, people that finish the ride and then just drop it off at different places. Right. And we're seeing a little bit of that in Norfolk, particularly apparently on Collie, where bikes have been attached to trees and fire hydrants and some things like that. Yeah. So the su suggestion that was made at that meeting I thought was a good one, and that was to maybe put a laminated card in the um, bike basket reminding people that the bikes need to be uh, finished, you know, the end of the ride needs to be to a public bike um, yes. stand instead of trees. And I it just, I think it, it's a good way for us to be proactive about this so we don't start um, alienating some people that are upset about bikes being Sorry. litter. So um, if you could maybe think about that, I, I suspect that has to come through pace. It's not something we could yes, do, am I correct? The, one of the things that's going to help us out there is the bikes have a GPS tracker on them. Right. So over a period of probably the first couple of months, once we get some hard data, we'll be able to see where those bikes are ending up, and that'll probably let us know we need additional racks, either public or pace but, racks. But I think a lot of it is education, education. to the to the mm -hmm. riders. And if they know that they could potentially be fined mm -hmm. if they haven't put their bike at, at an appropriate dock, I think we'd get better compliance, too. Um, so anyway, just something to think about. Okay. And we've got 18 pace stations currently out there, and we're growing the system um, kind of as we speak. Again, the uh, statistics that we're racking up uh, on the existing bikes are going to tell us where we need additional ones. Um, in addition to the city locations that uh, you're familiar with, uh, Pace has made arrangements with some private locations. So they are, there's probably a half a dozen of those that are part of the system as well. So if you have a private business and you want uh, pace racks on your property, then they can make a separate arrangement with, with them. Uh, and along those lines, ODU, there's, they have signed an agreement with Pace. They, there are currently 60 bikes on ODU campus, and um, I believe they're also negotiating with NSU. We've had a lot of uh, NSU use of the bikes downtown, so that's telling us we have there's a need over there. Paul, uh, Mrs. McClellan would like to make a comment. I, I do mind if we get into this. I apologize. I, um, I've been getting lots of inquiries about this, too. I think generally 95% um, very excited. I see them all over. Um, folks think, though, that this is something that the city of Norfolk is, is paying for, and I just want to make sure that it, that we everybody understands this. We don't have, as I understand it, any funding in this. This is all through Zagcare. Exactly, yeah. And it's, it's supported by sponsorship. From these companies and and it's what nine thousand dollars a year for three years it's right it's a three-year commitment for nine thousand but this is not these are not our funds these are no city our only commitment is the uh the city right-of-way that is uh, allocated to it so and that is something that we've been talking about last couple months so if folks want something uh, a pace bike rack in their vicinity neighborhood what what's a whatever that they could do that absolutely and the, it's right on the PACE website. You can go to that uh, for sponsorships, and they'll get you fixed up. Just a brief survey of the folks that are using it. So far, it's leaning about 26% commuter and 74% recreational ridership. 
Uh, some of our sponsors, DNC, Wells Fargo, IP Configure, Sentara, the uh, Traffics Division of HRT, and Visit Norfolk. And the PACE folks are out uh, lobbying or shaking the bushes, if you will, marketing to get additional sponsors. How much is the sponsorship? It's 9000 a year with a three-year commitment. So, um, and you figure at the rate these bikes are being used, it's, it's a pretty good advertising. Um, these bikes are uh, racking up some serious mileage. The Bike Share connections to the ERT have worked out really well. We've seen a couple of the um, heat maps that show where the bikes are moving, and there is a heavy concentration of bikes moving north-south up and down all the way from Norfolk State, which these uh, two... Uh, students here from Norfolk State and all the way up to the Hermitage. So we, there's a, a lot of usage on the trail. And, and just to confirm, the ERT is the Elizabeth River Elizabeth Trail. Elizabeth River Trail, yes ma'am. And let's see here. Um, we do have a, this coming Thursday, there's an employee ride. We're gonna, we've got about 40 bikes lined up. <coughs> Some city employees, um, you're all invited. Show up on the plaza and we can, uh, we'll do a brief tour of downtown. And well, just, if you can get through these next couple of slides, we're going to have time okay. for James. Well, that, uh, the, the next big event, this is the um, the Bike Month activities. We had 23 separate activities for Bike Month in Norfolk this year. And they the sub-note there is that they were that was community-driven. That was not staff. That This is stuff that the bike culture is coming up with. And one of the things, I, and if you got to see that, the bike polo event, they worked with the MacArthur uh, Square folks they were glad to have them they made all the arrangements for it and this and the rust bucket things like that are going to bring people to norfolk uh, to experience norfolk and our great facilities and just end up with this this is uh, girl scouts from last year's uh, bike month they're um, getting a bike safety merit badge so these are on the um, bike lane up on uh, 35th street Right, Mr. Smigel. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, I was going to say something earlier, but I wanted to wait until the end. Um, you know, the, the bike lanes. I understand we we voted on this plan, and it was, um, and that's why we're moving forward with this years ago. But a lot of localities, when they decide to turn a road into and do a road diet, these they have public discussions about these for six to twelve months. This is not something that is done in in two months. And I think we're moving a little bit too fast on some of these, assuming that people understand why we're doing it and not taking the time. And when the East Ocean View Avenue one came up, I had suggested the city staff um, that we get the civic leagues involved and get their permission, basically have them vote, involve them in it, which made the East Ocean View one a little bit easier. They, they looked at me funny when I suggested that, um, but we went through a process and the East Ocean View Civic League ended up voting in favor of doing it. And it will be a good model to show what can be done, uh, hopefully to calm people down about it. But I do have concerns about Granby Street um, from Bayview, the Ocean View, and whether or not uh, we need to do a road diet there. The traffic counts are not high in that section. Um, and so I just want to continue having further conversations. If we're doing this for traffic reasons, that's one thing. If we're doing it for bike lanes, that's another thing. But I, I think trying to mix the two and telling people we want to slow down traffic and the bike lanes are what's doing it is where the problem is. People don't understand. 
they, they think there's other ways you can slow down traffic, like putting signals in and or speed humps. And so I, we, I think we need to do a better job as we move forward with these. I mean, Martin, you're going to take a lot. You already have uh, at Ward's Corner um, when they first proposed that. I think in the end, citizens will be in favor, but we really have to do a good job educating them on why we're doing this, give them better data. They don't. They think people don't use them, I, and we know that they're using it. Um, they don't. They get uh, upset when they hear of an HRT bus could be blocking the one lane that's left, or uh, a garbage truck may do uh, may block it, and they can't get around. We have to have those conversations. We can't just throw this on the public, and because I'm telling you, the backlash that we're getting on these is going to continue. But I think if we educate them and do better, we'll be okay with it. Yes, Mr. Um, so, I mean, there's a there's uh, there's a term for that's called bike lash, and it's not unique to Norfolk. It's happening in Washington D.C. It's I was just in in London. It's happening there. Uh, but bike lanes are going up throughout the the, the country, um, the world, for that matter. And you know, uh, Dr. Wibley and I are co-chairing the Mayor's Commission on Climate Change Mitigation and Adaptation. And one of the things we want to do is to continue to embrace complete streets and get more folks walking, using bikes, using transit. Um, and so I think this is imp another important element, too. I, I will tell you that living in Ghent and watching the Ghent slash Park Place bike loop go up, there was some concern when that initially came in. And I heard from a lot of folks that traffic was going to be terrible and it was going to just be absolutely horrendous. I live there. I drive those streets every day, multiple times a day. And uh, rarely, if ever, do I have to stop at a light uh, you know, mm -hmm. for bike lanes or anything along those lines. Emergency vehicles get through. I rode along with the fire department today. I asked them about bike lanes. They said they've never been a problem. They get around them. We have we have areas for HRT to pull off. So I, I feel pretty strongly about this. I was also involved with Mr. Thomas when we went through the bike uh, pedestrian plan, and we had several public input sessions for more than six months. Mm -hmm. So yes. th this did all occur, right. um, and the education process did occur at that time. Um, now maybe when they're here um, and people are experiencing them, there might be some uh, uh, people are actually maybe paying a little bit more attention. So I agree with you. We need to continue to educate. But I think these are very positive, and I'm very supportive of them. And I'm not attacking. Oh, I know. I just, but I, I, I agree. think we can make our life a little bit easier if we do a better job. Maybe the people that we're sending out to talk to the public about this are not the right people to be sending out and to talk about it. So. And, and Tommy, this this Granby Street is in the distant future, and so this is not something right. that's coming. And so there are many plans to have outreach. But on a positive note, eight o'clock Friday, meet at the plot for the Glow Ride, eight p.m. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Yep. I wanna, I Angela, would, Paul. I would just like to. Don't go too far, Paul. Um, Angela, Mrs. Green. Register elected. again. My uh, complaint for the Thirty Fifth Street dedicated bike lane. I think it should be one of those, what do you call it, a Shero, where you can share it with the, where it's a bike lane, but it's also a lane you can drive in because it's a very narrow street. So I just would, I, I'd like you guys to go back and, re, and and look at that again on 35th Street because those poles, I don't know what they're called. Delineators. Yes, those are horrible. Thank you. I, I agree. Yeah, they're horrible. <coughs> All right, so Mayor, we uh, actually found um, James at the uh, Shell station <laughs> down on St. Paul. He came back, so I, if you're going to let me, I'm going to give him his five minutes, James. You were good to come all the way back, meeting. and it's going to be quick. Time to start the meeting. Good evening, Mayor. I stand to members of City Council, Manager Smith. 
I have the pleasure of finally <laughs> providing uh, information about our summer youth programs that we'll be implementing this year. Uh, if I could focus your attention on the bottom right hand corner of the screen, that's our capital seal. Uh, what that seal means is that we are a nationally accredited organization. Yeah. I think we're asking to come back. We're going to lose Angela yeah. and then we need okay. to get started. So they can get over five minutes, here. Yeah. Next time. We're down to, yeah, that clock is actually, I'm realizing it's slow, Mayor. So it is, I think Mr. Mr. Reddick, right? It's 658. So does right Mr. Uh, you get extra credit for coming here twice. We got a rope. What time is it? Where's my turn? All right, where's the turning? Where did, where did it burn it the hour? 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 Where don't let them loop you into that, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Winter's a lawyer. Can we use yeah. him? He's like, yeah. Winter's a lawyer. That's not his official capacity. Don't let him loop you in, Winter. Loop him in. He's coming. Stand up. Can we proceed? The Norfolk City Council is now in session. Opening prayer will be given by the Reverend Dr. David Goodpastor, Miles Memorial United Methodist Church. And please remain standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. Welcome, Pastor. Let us pray. Dear God, as we gather this evening to do the work of your people, we give you thanks for this, our city and its citizens. And we are grateful for members of this council. We pray your blessings upon them and their deliberations and decisions. Impart to them patience for the work, wisdom, courage, compassion. We are grateful indeed for all of the blessings of life that we know from your hand, that you have called us to be in community together it is a great privilege and a great responsibility that we have one to another uh, to love our neighbors. So we ask your blessings this night and give thanks for your divine grace. Amen. 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 <clears throat> Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Ms. Graves? Here. Ms. Johnson? Here. Ms. McClellan? Here. Mr. Riddick? Here. 
Mr. Smeagol? Here. Mr. Thomas? Here. Dr. Wibley? Here. Mr. Alexander? Here. The motion is to dispense with the reading of the minutes of our previous meeting. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagol? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. Mr. Clerk, please read the resolution certifying the closed meeting. Resolution certifying a closed meeting of the Council of the City of Norfolk in accordance with the provisions of the Virginia Freedom of Information Act. Adopt the resolution. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagol? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. Uh, good evening. For the benefit of those who do not regularly attend the council meetings, our procedure is to first take up ceremonial items. Next, we'll take up public hearings, then the regular agenda items. But tonight, uh, we're going to have two council members to leave to attend a public hearing. We must uh, must leave early. Therefore, we'll take up uh, R1 through R6 first and, and excuse uh, our two council members. Then we'll present the ceremonial item followed by the public hearings and the remaining regular agenda items and conclude with new business. To address the council, you should have registered to speak outside of the lobby prior to 7 p.m. When your name is called, please come to the podium, state your name, and limit your comments to three minutes. Clerk R1 through R6. R1 is an ordinance appropriating funds for operation of the city for the fiscal year beginning July 1, 2018 and ending June 30, 2019, appropriating $826,678 from the land acquisition revolving fund balance, appropriating U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development HUD entitlement grants, authorizing short-term equipment financing, increasing certain fees, increasing the real estate property tax, increasing the cigarette tax, increasing the flat tax on transient lodging, providing a supplement for certain eligible retirees, and regulating the payment of money from the city treasury. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves. Um, so I have a couple of things very quickly because that we do have to leave, but I just want to thank the manager for the budget and for um, the very transparent nature of this budget. Um, it may not be sassy and sexy, um, but to make it as a correlation between um, what we're doing here and a house, these are the kinds of things that cost money um, in this budget that we don't see. It's the foundation, it's the beams, it's the updating the electrical, it's the making sure the plumbing works, stuff you spend money on and it all kind of gets closed up in the walls. It's not the um, granite countertops and the custom cabinets, but it's the stuff that keeps the house together. And um, while it is a big and bold step, um, I appreciate the transparency in where we are, what has happened, and where we're going. So I thank you for that. And you officially did what you said you were going to do. We were all tired of talking about the budget. I vote aye. Thank you, Ms. Johnson. Um, thank you, Mr. Manager, for um, providing the opportunity and the information to the citizens so that it is clearly understandable and that they could ask questions and give suggestions and recommendation to this governing body. I vote aye. Okay, Ms. McClellan. Echoing my colleagues' uh, comments, um, we learned a lot in this process. I appreciate that. And there's a lot of opportunity for the citizens to do so, too. I appreciate the time for us to have the, uh, speak amongst ourselves about um, how we want to address these issues. I think um, our schools, St. Paul's Project, our infrastructure issues, our 
uh, public safety um, and our resilience. And Lord knows we need to do more on resilience in the future too. So I'm going to put that plug in there, but uh, I vote aye. Thank you. Mr. Riddick? Uh, <clears throat> I'd just like to separate R1. Uh, it's difficult for me to make a decision not to vote for the manager's budget. I would imagine it was difficult for him to inherit previous administration's management fiscal style and then produce uh, a budget that would pass the litmus test. Uh, one of the suggestions I made that was overlooked was municipal waste. If we have a billion dollar budget, that has to be a municipal waste. Uh, the property owners are being held at hostage without seeing what our organization could do to improve our efficiency. Uh, the reduction in force, in some cases, I believe, were pun punitive. The manager didn't have time to explore that. Uh, I wonder if we're going to be uh, uh, liable for employees who file a suit. Some of the families are affected. They have mortgages, children in college, uh, their plans for their lives, and just having your legs cut out from under you is un uh, unimaginable. Uh, we're eliminating jobs, but I understand that the budget director has hired persons working from home outside of our state, um, and that are that are that are making you know good salaries. Is that municipal waste? Um, and we we are in this particular budget has been a shell game. And uh, I wonder if Tommy knows that you and I were supposed to be left out of some aspects of the budget because we announced earlier that uh, we were not going to uh, vote for the budget. And uh, I think that is disappointing to me. If the manager uh, has not been as forthcoming as I would like, and if any of the and our council members who've been complicit in this, this would also uh, bother me as well. So for R1, I vote no. Thank you. Mr. Smigel? I do have a few comments prepared I'd like to make. Um, although I avoid reading the comments underneath the Pilot Online articles, for some reason the other day I decided to read them about the article about us raising taxes uh, one reader posted that it was easy for me to vote against the budget when I know that it was already going to pass. Well, to whoever you are and anyone else who believes that, the reality is that this is not an easy vote for me. In fact, it's probably one of the hardest votes I've taken in eight years in office. Since being elected, I have voted against two previous budgets. Those votes were easy because I had specific issues or projects that I opposed that were the highlight of those budgets. This vote, however, is harder because I do support many of the measures that are in the budget, as well as some of the items that will be covered by the tax increase. I wholeheartedly support funding our schools to a level that will help them set them on a path of budgetary stability. I also appreciate that we are moving to a funding formula for schools to take out the guessing game for them each year. I support our employees and retirees getting raises. I also support reinstating the funding for our police, holding them harmless to standard department cuts. I support these areas because they are an essential part of keeping Norfolk as a great place to live, work, and play. I will show my support to those items later by voting yes for them individually so that there is an understanding of what I do support. I was hoping for a compromise from my colleagues to support was just essential this year with a nickel tax increase and then work together to find ways to slim our government down a little more and find new opportunities for revenue. I do understand the need for resiliency efforts, new technology, new vehicles, and improving St. Paul's Quadrant, but what I do not understand is raising taxes for things that we do not have 100% plan for and also incurring additional debt on our city that is currently in a debt service crisis. I believe we should be waiting a year to investigate and plan these items better 
and then bring it to our citizens so that they have a better understanding of what they would be paying for with this increase. We are raising taxes to make $1 million to support resiliency efforts, yet we don't have any specific projects identified to give that money to. I know St. Paul's is going to happen and I wish it nothing but success. However, I needed to see an actual plan before voting on millions of dollars to fund what doesn't exist. I was raised in a family that had hot dog, macaroni and cheese and fish stick nights. That is what we could afford. And when we could, we would go have pizza at Mama's Italian Kitchen in Ocean View. We did not eat out every night because we couldn't afford it. We had the desire to eat out, we wanted it, but my parents didn't want to put our family in a position in which they couldn't give us things we needed, like clothes and the roof over our head. Right now, that is how I think Norfolk should be operating our budget. There are things we need and things we don't need, and we should be living within our means. I am worried about the families who are on a shoestring budget or my elderly constituents who are on fixed incomes. I'm worried about all the conversations we have had as councils council members pointing to a weak economy and a slow recovery, yet we could be forcing small businesses and others to look outside of Norfolk because it may be cheaper to do so. Uh, businesses um, may move to Virginia Beach uh, because uh, they didn't raise taxes or fees. We complain about how many people drive into Norfolk each day and don't want to stay and live in our boundaries, yet our increases may make it so that they will never consider living here. While the tax increase addresses some positives for our city, I'm very worried that combined with the fee increases and new zoning, we could be shutting down Norfolk for new development. As I said earlier, I was hoping for a compromise, but I didn't get it, so I will move on. But it makes this a much harder vote because I wanted to start supporting efforts put forth by our manager. My vote of no is for my philosophy of how our government should run and also the numerous contacts I have made since the budget was released from my constituents worried about this impact not only on their finances personally, but also the impact on our overall image as a city. Thank you to my colleagues for working with me on increasing the time to discuss the budget and also for agreeing to the hotel tax to generate additional funds to save some of the things that make Norfolk great. Thank you to Doug Smith and his staff for their hard work on putting together this budget. You have been dealt a bad hand and you are, not, you are trying to make the most of it. I completely understand. My vote is not against your hard work or your attempt to make things right again. I do vote no on a 10 cent tax increase and hope that if our revenues improve, including on assessments, that this body will reconsider lowering the tax rate and giving our citizens and businesses, business owners back their money. No. Thank you. Mr. Thomas. Uh, to Doug and his staff, thank you for your hard work. Greg, uh, you've stepped up over the last year. Fantastic job. Thank you to you and your staff. Um, it, it's not an easy thing that, uh, to ever vote in favor of a tax increase. Uh, but I think without a doubt, you've made the case. Um, you, you've done a good job. You've made the case not only to this council, but to any citizen who's who's wanted to have the case made to them or, or engage themselves. And so I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Aye. Dr. Wibley. Well, I'm not going to go on on this because you've heard it on both sides of it. I do think that uh, this staff and our mayor um, have done a good job on listening to what we asked for. And we asked them to be bold. No tax increase means we don't move ahead. A tax increase makes us a city to be remarkable and to be one that people are enhanced by. I, I frankly am confused by the fact that people are arguing there's no austerity. We've taken 5% off of every department. And I think every city and every business and every corporation wants you to be leaner. And, and that can mean reducing staff. 
So I, I don't agree with that idea. Um, we asked Doug and our staff to be bold, and I think this is a budget uh, that um, carries through with those uh, requests from this council. Additionally, I think if, you, if we really want to talk about it, this puts us uh, back at a level of paying taxes, which most of our citizens did in 2009. So it isn't um, at perhaps as big a burden as we um, might suggest it is. Aye. Mr. Alexander. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. A um, few comments. Norfolk has made a series of critical investments in our schools, libraries, neighborhoods, and infrastructure that have a profound impact on our quality of life and will continue to find us for many years. But for these investments, Norfolk would not be experiencing development throughout the city and attracting new businesses and new investments. We made these investments over the course of many years, and these major capital projects contributed to more than $1 billion in debt. Responsible stewardship of our city's economy demands that we do not delay paying the principal debt on our investments. By FY 2020, our yearly debt service will exceed $80 million. It is important that we don't allow our obligations to our creditors to crowd our funding for vital services that we owe to our citizens and to our children. I am pleased that Norfolk is finally and willingly to open their debt and their fiscal policies in a civil manner. This budget forced us to make some very hard decisions. The Commonwealth has greatly reduced its support in the past decade, state aid to, city, to the city has declined by $74 million, and we adjusted for that inflation. This, along with federal budget uncertainty, means that we can no, no longer rely on resources from the state or our federal partners. Tonight, we have agreed to increase the bed tax by $1, and increase the cigarette tax by $0.10, cents and raise the real estate tax by, 20, by $0.15. Cent. By 10 cents. 10 cents. 10 cents. Without a doubt, in a perfect world, uh, the tax burden that our homeowners and commercial property owners shoulder would be much less. However, I'm confident that we will provide the best value in the region for every family business that calls Norfolk home. I vote aye. Thank you. Ms. Clerk, R2. R2 is an ordinance approving and adopting the fiscal year 2019 compensation plan for officers and employees of the city, amending and reordaining the Norfolk City Code 1979 as amended, and approving criteria and procedures for pay supplements for certain constitutional and state officers and their employees. Mr. Clerk, call the roll. Distance with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagol? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R3? R3 is an ordinance approving the capital improvement plan budget for the fiscal year beginning July 1, 2018 and ending June 30, 2019, appropriating $112,039,271 for certain projects approved therein, authorizing an issue of bonds in the amount of $85,510,137, of which $1,692,409 is the reappropriation of previously authorized but unissued bonds and authorizing the expenditure of $26,529,134 in cash. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Aye. 
Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R4? R4 is an ordinance approving the 2019 Officer and Employee Health Insurance Plans, the employer and employee contribution rates, and authorizing the expenditure from the health care fund of a sum sufficient heretofore appropriated. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R5. R5 is an ordinance to amend and reordain sections 37-2F, 37-61A, and N, and 37-75B of the Norfolk City Code 1979 so as to address the average final compensation and the normal service requirement age of certain members of the city's retirement system. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? Aye. Mr. Jo Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. Thank you. R6 is an ordinance approving July 1, 2018 through June 30, 2019 budget for the Norfolk Law Library authorizing the city treasurer to make disbursements and appropriating and authorizing the expenditure of up to $228,000 by the Norfolk Law Library for various sources, including monies assessed and collected by the city as part of civil costs and civil court actions in accordance with the approved budget and the October 1, 1987 agreement among the city, the Norfolk Law Library, and the Norfolk and Portsmouth Bar Association. Dispense with the charter requirement for the ordinance and adopt. Ms. Graves? First of all, Mr. Mayor, thank you so much for um, accommodating our request to move this up so we could be in two places at one time. I vote aye. Ms. Johnson? Aye. Ms. One McClellan? One aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R7? R7 is a letter from the city manager and a resolution entitled A Resolution Adopting a Policy to Govern the Allocation of Local Revenue to Norfolk Public Schools. Adopt the resolution. Ms. Clark, call the roll. Ms. Graves. Aye. Ms. Johnson. Thank you, Mr. Mayor, again. And colleagues, aye. I vote aye. Ms. McClellan. Aye. Mr. Riddick. Aye. Mr. Smeagle. Aye. Mr. Thomas. Aye. Dr. Wibley. Aye. Mr. Alexander. Aye. Thank you. Mayor, if, if, if you yes. don't mind, yes. um, if you would afford me a moment, and I know we're all out of sorts for changing agenda and all that kind of thing, but you got two rows of folks here from the uh, Office of uh, Budget and Strategic Planning, and, and this is a group that um, really has spent many, many months and a lot of weekends and a lot of evenings and a lot of pizzas and, and that sort of thing. And if you don't mind, I'd just like to uh, recognize Greg Patrick and his team. And if, if you all don't mind, if you'd stand up and let everybody know who, who put this budget together, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you, Mayor. Thank you, Mr. Manager. Thank you, Greg. Uh, I'm going to invite Colonel Kelly to the to the podium. You have your bride with you. Please come to the podium, uh, right to the podium, Colonel. We have a proclamation that we want to acknowledge you, and this proclamation reads: Whereas the United States Army Corps of Engineers is a critical and effective organization working to reduce the risk of storm damage and beach erosion to improve river navigation and to restore vital environmental ecosystems in coastal cities and whereas the United States Army Corps of Engineers, Norfolk District, has built a strong partnership with the city of Norfolk by using its dual military construction 
and Civil Works mission to protect Norfolk and surrounding cities from environmental and security threats. And whereas Colonel Jason E. Kelly assumed command of the United States Army Corps of Engineers, Norfolk District, as the 50, 58th commander on July 16, 2015, and has demonstrated outstanding leadership and has managed over 375 personnel with a $450 million average area program covering the state of Virginia and several military installations, watersheds, and one flood control dam. And whereas during his command, Colonel Kelly fostered strong relationships with partners and stakeholders, creating meaningful collaborations with the Norfolk District, he became a respected and valued teammate throughout the Commonwealth, the North Atlantic, and within the city of Norfolk. His representation in these relationships allowed Norfolk District to see significant contributions in coastal storm resilience and civil works improvements. And whereas during his tenure, the Norfolk District has provided outstanding service to the city of Norfolk on significant projects, including the Norfolk Coastal Storm Risk Management Study, the Norfolk Harbor Navigation Improvements General Reevaluation Study, the Elizabeth River Southern Branch General Reevaluation Study, and the Willoughby and Ocean View Beach Replenishment Project. And whereas Colonel Kelly will leave Norfolk District Command on June 13, 2018, to assume the command of the United States Army Corps of Engineers, Afghanistan, Unity, and District. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed that I, Kenneth Alexander, Mayor of the City of Norfolk, do hereby recognize Jason E. Kelly for his service to the City of Norfolk and extend our gratitude and appreciation to Colonel Kelly for his exemplary leadership as commander of the Norfolk District. Uh, we congratulate him for a job well done and wish him continued success, given in my hand this 22nd day of May um, 2018. Well, Mr. Mayor, thank you. I, I certainly am honored uh, by council members uh, by the recognition, but uh, I'd be remiss and, and wrong if I did not admit that I'm uh, merely a ambassador for the 375 folks that the mayor acknowledged uh, for without them, uh, nothing. Uh, that was mentioned there would occur, and I'm merely guilty of trying to create an environment in which they can maximize their potential and try and stay out of the way. Uh, and, and, and that has been my charge for the last three years because uh, I'm, I will soon enter my 25th year of service, and I've never had a job like this, never had a job where I've been able to interact with the community because that's not the case. That's not what I've done over the last 20-plus years. And as I see Dr. Whibley, uh my workout partner, I see, uh, you know, the, the, the manager who I see in the community. And as we, uh, I will depart Afghanistan, but, you know, as I listen to the council members speak to uh, the challenges of the city, and I see my councilwoman McCulley, this is home for us. We have opted to leave our family here in Norfolk, and it's because uh, my children have gone to Norfolk, Norfolk Public Schools. Uh, my son will finish middle school here. My oldest son graduated from Maury High School, uh, so we really like it here, and for that reason, my wife will stay and call us home during my tour. So, sir, I'm honored, and thank you greatly. Colonel, we have something for you, and we have something that we want you to share with your wife. She gets to wear the Okay. Okay. Council? Okay. Douglas, you want to do it here? Douglas. He calls your name, Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> Smile. 
I've missed you. <laughs> this guy rocks the gym, but his wife does pretty darn well, too. <laughs> hey, Mr. Clerk, we're going to pick up on um, PH1. Is there a is PH1 to be continued to until uh, June 12th? That's, That's the request. That's the request? All right. Motion to continue. Motion to continue. Ms. McClellan? Yes. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagol? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Um, aye. PH2? PH2 is a public hearing scheduled to stay under the state law. Public notice having been inserted in the local press by the city clerk on the application of 411 York Street, LLC, for a change of zoning from HC. WF1, West Freemason Historic and Cultural Conservation, to conditional HCWF2, West Freemason Historic and Cultural Conservation, on property located at 406 Butte Street and 411 York Street. Mr. Clerk, call the roll. Have an ordinance to rezone property at 406 Butte Street from HCWF1 Zoning District to HCWF2 Zoning District. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagol? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. PH3? PH3, public hearing scheduled this day under the state law public notice having been inserted in the local press by the city clerk to hear comments on the issuance and sale of wastewater system revenue bonds of up to $9 million by the city of Norfolk. Mr. Clerk, call the roll. Have an ordinance authorizing the issuance and sale of wastewater system revenue bonds by the city of Norfolk. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagol? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. Mr. R8? R8 is an ordinance accepting the bid submitted by Virginia National Gas and granting the said company an easement for a term of 40 years across the city of Norfolk property located in the city of Suffolk. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? It's not a pipeline, is it? <laughs> no, no, okay, how about I? Mr. Smeagol? Aye. <clears throat> Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R9? R9 is an ordinance to amend and reordain sections 24.205 and 24-209.2 in the City of Norfolk Code 1979 so as to add the definitions of non-qualified transfer and qualified owner and to clarify when the amount of real estate taxes deferred in article become due. Dispense with the charter requirement for the ordinances and adopt. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagol? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R10? R10 is an ordinance established certain public areas and streets in the city of Norfolk as festival area and setting forth the regulations applicable to such festival area for the Norfolk Harbor Fest 2018 celebration. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagol? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R11? R11 is an ordinance closing certain city-owned docks to public use during Norfolk Harbor Fest 2018. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagol? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R12? R12 is an ordinance to schedule the start time of the organizational city council meeting at 11.30 a.m. Tuesday, July 3, 2018, in the council chamber. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagol? Aye. 
Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R13. R13 is an ordinance granting Deidre M. Brown and Timothy L. Brown permission to encroach into city-owned property located adjacent to 789 West Ocean View Avenue with an existing pier and walkway and approving the terms and conditions of the license agreement. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Dr. Thomas? Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R14. R14 is a letter from the city clerk transmitting an abstract of votes cast in the city of Norfolk at the general election held on May 1, 2018, pursuant to section 24.2-675 of the Code of Virginia. And this is the motion to receive and file. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Everybody Riddick? pay attention Aye. here. Mr. Smeagle? If we don't vote on it, does Terry stay on longer? Keep think... voting. <laughs> Aye. Thank you. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Absolutely. <laughs> Mr. Alexander? Aye. R15. R15 is an ordinance to repeal one subsection of section 25-654 and to amend and reordain sections 25-649, 652, 654, and 656 of the Norfolk City Code 1979 so as to at one new right turn or red prohibition, one new one-way street, seven new stop intersections, and one new street included in the prohibition regarding trucks of one half ton and over. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Thank you for doing this. Aye. Mr. Alexander? Aye. R16. Uh, I've got it. All right. Mr. Pisco, you have R16? I do. Thank you, sir. Thank you. In ordinance to schedule a city council meeting on Tuesday, June 5th, 2018 at 3.30 p.m. to tour Ward 3 by bus. Dispense with the charter requirement for reading the ordinance and adopt. Ms. McClellan? Aye. Mr. Riddick? Aye. Mr. Smeagle? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Aye. Dr. Wibley? Aye. Mr. Alexander? Uh, That's all I have, Mr. President. Mr. Clerk, Mr. Clerk, you hear anything? Uh, Mr. Mr. Fishko, nothing. nothing. All right, new business. Uh, Raytron White. Good afternoon. My name is Raytron White. I live 3149E, Kimball Terrace. Um, I came tonight as this. This is the battle I think we're having with the city of Norfolk Parks and Recreation. Uh, I best found out today that, yesterday, that the summer program, summer job program, the NEL program is ran by the Parks and Recreation. And council members, this is our almost, this is our second year that um, the kids of public housing has not got jobs when they have filled out the form. It was promised to us by, by letter from Mrs. Smith, who runs the program from the city of North for Parks and Recreation, there have been 50 jobs held for the young people of public housing, and they had to go online to fill out the forms. And the form is, um, is a survey of 29 things they had to do and to fill out. Um, and the kids did it. We had the staff from NRHA and the residents and the parents to go online to fill the forms out. Um, in the meantime, that it was promised us 50 jobs. I was told today by Ms. Smith some of this stuff wasn't filled out the right way. Some of the stuff, they called the kids to email the kids. And um, I think that's not true because we have all our emails from our kids that we did in our neighborhood that NRHA had. 
and some of the staff of members of NRJ was on the interview panel, I would think that if we had 50 slots and some of the people on the panel to get the kids, why didn't the kids know that the kids did not fill the forms outright? Um, I think it's, um, to me personally, I think it's, we've been bamboozled again. Um, we worked every hard to keep our neighborhood up to par. Anything they've asked us to do in the last three or four years, we've actually came up to the park not asking for money or anything. What they want us to do, we have done it. And this time, it's the second time around that we've been bamboozled in our neighborhood. And the kids have actually, all of our kids in my neighborhood got a 3.0 and above. They filled it out. They asked for references from the people in the neighborhood of the school. Granted, Village, we did not one. We did three references. We did everything they asked us to do. And I need to see the demographic of the people who they selected because I feel like they went by area codes and addresses. Only six kids in public housing got an interview when they promised us 50 jobs for the summer. I mean, where do we go now from here? I mean, we've done everything they've asked us to do. We've done everything that the city and the residents and NRJ has to do. I don't see NRJ did their part because we mandate them to do their part. And the city asked us to do our part, we've done our part. We're getting the end of the stick every time we come against parts of recreation from the city. We're getting the back of the end. Last year, there was a person that I do know for a fact, their child worked for a summer in L. And guess where they lived at? They lived in Chesapeake. Thank, Thank you. We'll go check on that, Mr. Mayor. Uh, we're going to give it to the manager, Mr. Smith. We'll get back to you. Yep. Okay. okay. <clears throat> LSW James. Thank you, Mr. Mayor, members of the council, Mr. Doug Smith, Dr. Wibley. My name is Ellis W. <coughs> James. I reside at 2021 Kenlake Place in the city of Norfolk. I was going to speak on one, one thing, but I am very, very concerned about what Mr. White has brought forward, and it needs to be resolved. It needs to be taken care of so that the integrity of this city is not hurt because of our inability, inaction, whatever it is that is going on. Now, Ironically, I was going to call to your attention the fact that I would hope that all of the members of staff as well as the city council members would read our views in the Virginian pilot, legislators working toward openness. This city, bless its heart, has been moving strongly in the direction of openness on a lot of fronts. I'm concerned about this article because the people who try to take credit in this are not the people who've done the work. 
This article deals with the fact that people who were sick and tired of having committee meetings in the General Assembly not take up some of the matters and having meetings at 7.30 in the morning and have unrecorded votes. Everything that this group of people from these particular groups were concerned about is accurate and needs to be, it's in the process of being addressed, but it needs to be taken care of now before the next General Assembly session starts. So I hope each one of you will read this and here's the reason why. At the bottom of the column, after lecturing we the readers and the taxpayers about this drive towards openness, there's a little footnote. Disclosure. Associate Editorial Page Editor Brian Colligan, I don't know him, I have nothing personal against him, is a board member of the Virginia Coalition for Open Government, part of the Transparency Virginia Coalition, which is the coalition that has done this work and pushed hard to accomplish what needs to be accomplished. <clears throat> Not so different from my angst about what Mr. White is confronting and, and has a problem with. We can accomplish the kinds of things that these groups are pushing for if we pay attention and do our jobs the way they need to be done and should be done. Thank you, Mr. Jones. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Thank you, sir. Danny Lee Ginn. My name is Danny Lee Ginn. I reside at 3844 Dare Circle. Uh, last few weeks I've gotten off of the main reason I came here because y'all were doing some fantastic stuff. But we're going to get back to brass tacks uh, tonight. What, what brought me here 10 years ago? And I'm still asking the same question. Uh, we have a problem with transparency in this very chamber. Uh, I've uh, explained to you before that we've had councilmen, such as Mr. Riddick, uh, who has bullied uh, Mr. Smeagol, yelling and screaming. He has bullied Mrs. Graves by telling her to basically shut up and follow my lead. Uh, he has threatened citizens who have walked up here who have had to take him to court. Um, and you keep telling me, well, Danny, we already we all know this, but it doesn't stop. For example, not terribly long ago at the uh, moon, moon retreat, um, I was sitting there and uh, Mrs. McCullen uh, brought up the fact that she may want to discuss uh, eliminating the ward system uh, for the school board system. When she brought it up, uh, Mr. Reddick uh, in a, a very uh, intimidating voice says, all right, little girl, you can bring it up, but you're going to have a fight on your hands. What happened is that Mrs. McCullen threw up her hands and said, oh, oh, I don't want to cause any trouble. I don't want to cause any trouble. And the challenge went away. So the intimidation 
the bullying, uh, the threatening behavior is a continuous type of thing that reflects badly on all of you. Uh, I have not asked you to remove Mr. Riddick from office. You don't have the power, nor do I want to see him. I have just asked you a simple, honest question. Where do you stand in regards to this bullying, threatening, racist behavior? Uh, do you support it? If you do, say so. If you don't, then have a vote or at least tell the people uh, of the city, not just me, uh, that we do not stand behind this kind of behavior. It's a simple question. Uh, as you encourage this to happen by sitting silently, uh, you're telling children out there, it's all right to be bullied. Or I've been told, Danny, why don't you put it to rest until he goes off the rail again? That's like telling a kid you're getting beaten uh, in school, but it's all right, forget the bullying until he beats you again and then bring the subject up. Uh, that's not going to happen. Uh, I'm told I can't win. We'll see. Uh, but as uh, Mr. Smeagol so brilliantly said, uh, Danny's not going anywhere. Yeah.